Welcome to the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. Peace Church exists to glorify God and make disciples by helping everyday people experience life change through Christ-centered relationships. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast as we celebrate life change through the ministries of Peace Church. All right, welcome back to the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. Uh, This is episode five. Today we are here with Aaron Pierce. Aaron is our multiplication pastor here at Peace Church, and I encourage you, if you've not yet subscribed to our podcast, you can go over to Apple Podcast, just search Peace Church Life Change Podcast, click subscribe, and then all of these episodes will just go directly to your phone or your computer or however it is that you listen to these podcasts. Uh, easy way for you to get a hold of these. These will come out every two weeks. Uh, so this morning, we're here with Aaron. Aaron's our multiplication pastor. So Aaron, if you would... Just take a, a couple minutes and just give us a, a little bit about your story, how God called you into ministry, and then what led you to Peace Church. Yeah, so I grew up in a preacher's home. Uh, my dad's been a pastor my whole life. And so at a very young age, I had heard the gospel. Uh, I knew at about five years old that I was a sinner because I had been mean to my brothers or something like that, and that meant I wasn't going to heaven. So I just like told them that and you know, we, uh, they led me to Christ uh, at about five years old and as best as I could at that age understand what it meant to follow. But where things really changed, I think, and led me into ministry was at about 12 years old, I went to a conference uh, with my youth group in Missouri. And up to that point, like I believed in Jesus, I wanted to be a good person, but I never made the connection that God wanted to know me. He didn't just want me to, you know, not go to hell. And so I remember that conference, the way the pastor presented things, God just like got a hold of my heart, and I realized I knew who God was, but I didn't know Him and actively pursue Him. And so I came back, was talking to mom and dad, like, I want to read the Bible and pray, not because I'm supposed to, because I want to know God. So the next three years in junior high, I just learned how to walk with God. And through that, He started to burden me, even at that age, um, to want to tell people about that, to want to do ministry, to want to preach. And so at 15, I preached my first sermon it lasted six minutes. So those that's of you awesome. at Peace Church, they don't think that's possible for me to preach six minutes. Totally happened. Um, it was terrible, but I got through it. And after that, I just kind of had that burning desire. Um, however, it wasn't until after I was a freshman in college, still kind of wrestling with what God wanted me to do. At a youth camp, actually, he mm-hmm. made it clear, called me. My dad was there, and I just like, God, I'm all yours. I'm not running from that anymore. I'm ready to do ministry Fast forward to the end of my senior year of college, I actually was looking for an internship. Um, That's what we had to do in ministry. And so Brad previously had a relationship with us um, and my dad. And so my dad called up Peace Church. They had a spot. So I actually interned, of course, under you, Mm -hmm. came here in the summer of 2012. And what's so funny about that, after we got done, I was calling Courtney, my wife, on the way home. And I was like, man, I loved it. I cried on the way home. Like I was so sad leaving here after 10 weeks. She's like, all you talk about is Wilson Wilson, Peace Church. <laughs> Two years later, we end up here on staff. So it's cool to see how God put all that yeah. together. That's pretty cool. Like, uh, Kind of funny side note, I was this close to being Aaron's youth pastor. <laughs> yeah. So actually, his dad reached out to me years ago when Aaron was, I think, in middle school. Yeah. And um, they were looking for a youth pastor, so I went and tried out at, at Tupelo, which is now Connect Church. And um, they actually offered me the position, and then... You know, doors open up here at Peace Church. So I said, I said yes to Peace, but I was this close to, to going to Tupelo and being Aaron's youth pastor. So we've kind of had this connection for, for many, many years. Um, you cover a lot of different areas as a multiplication pastor. Obviously, you're over our life groups, 
you're over our discipleship pathway, which we're going to talk a lot about that later on. But one of the things that you just brought on as Brian Tiffett made a transition into member care uh, was you just took on our college ministry. So if you could just briefly just share your mission and your vision for the college ministry here at Peace Church. Yeah, so this is kind of brand new. And simply put, we just want to be more intentional to engage our college students in biblical community and serving and living on mission. So what that looks like is we're just starting small. Uh, We have a college life group right now that meets after Sunday service, uh, after second service, led by um, Drew, one of our guys who works here on staff with us. They've got about 15 to 20 college students that are regularly attending that. And so what we're doing this semester, just introducing monthly activities, trying to get people from outside of even this church or just people that aren't connected to the group Mm -hmm. involved. And then we're also doing some service projects. And I'm just coordinating that. I am not trying to step in and take a totally different role. I'm just trying to head it up to make sure something gets organized. And long-term vision, we'd love to see three or four of these life groups form, maybe different days of the week for those college students that can't meet on a Sunday, and eventually get to where we might be able to do something like a monthly worship service Mm -hmm. and engage students that are at Barton or the other area community colleges. So we're in our infancy stage. Uh, but it's been really cool to see what God's done already with yeah. the 15 or 20 we've got coming regularly. Yeah, Dude, could you just share a little bit? Um, you, you mentioned Barton. Obviously, Barton College is right here, right down the road from us. Uh, you have a unique opportunity serving there at Barton as the character coach of the basketball team. Could you share a little bit about that, like what you do? What does it mean to be a character coach there? Yeah, so um, Coach Levency goes to our church. He's the head coach at Barton, and he reached out to – or an organization actually reached out to him called Nations of Coaches – Long story short, they just kind of like encourage local pastors or volunteers to go into teams and just work with the players on like character issues. So on and off the court, you know, I get to do devotions with them weekly um, before practice. I've met with students, you know, just one-on-one or in groups of two or three. Even in the past, I've been able to start some Bible studies for kids that were not sure if they knew how to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so my main goal is just help these guys on and off the court. They got a lot going on in life. And then as those opportunities open for those Christ-centered relationships, introduce them to the gospel as needed. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So we call this the Life Change Podcast. Our mission at Peace Church is to glorify God and make disciples by helping everyday people experience life change through Christ-centered relationships. So obviously, your role as multiplication pastor um, is to help us to truly make disciples here. So could you just briefly walk us through our discipleship pathway here at Peace Church? Yeah, so Rusty talked about this a little bit in the first podcast, so I'll focus Mm -hmm. on a couple of key aspects of it. So basically as a church, we kind of said people are going to give us three or four hours a week of their time. People are busy, got a lot going on. How do we maximize each of those commitments to a way that will move them forward in maturity? So we came up with, uh, if you're from Peace Church, you know our map, Know, Grow, Serve, and Go. So we want you to know God through worship, You know, come to a corporate worship um, service Sunday morning, obviously is that for us. Uh, grow through a life group. So you're going to get into biblical community and then uh, serve, making sure your life doesn't stop with yourself, but you engage other people because maturity looks less about, I want to get what I want and actually giving back. And then uh, to go and live on mission. The two parts that I really have the biggest hand in in that is the grow and the go part. So for us, like we just believe life groups and just a part of community in general, whatever that looks like, is so crucial to the Christian life that I have a group of people that I do life with, that they know me, that I share, that we don't just come to study God's Word and hear me talk, but we actually focus on applying the Word together and challenging each other. And then out of those relationships, 
we want to see discipling relationships happen. So for example, a year ago in my life group, I got to know three or four guys really well, and I noticed where they needed to grow or they wanted to grow, and so we started a discipleship group. We went even deeper, accountability and things like that, which we'll talk about in a second. And so the whole idea of that pathway is if you're hearing God's word weekly in a service, you're in a biblical community, you're putting yourself in position to even go deeper in discipleship and then serving, we feel like that's the best chance you have at becoming a disciple like Jesus would want us to do versus just kind of showing up to church all the time, which is great, of course. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not engaging with other people or sharing my life with others, I'm not doing all that Christ has commanded. And that's really easy to do here because peace, um, it's a rather large church, especially for the size of our community. It's a larger church, so it's easy to come in and just kind of sit back and not engage with people. Yeah. Uh, so we, we try to be really intentional about creating those environments where biblical community does take place. Yeah. For someone who is maybe in that role, they're just attending a worship service at Peace Church. Like they come in, they'll come to that 9 or their, that 1030 service, but that's it. What would you say to them would be the next step that, that you would suggest them take in beginning plugged in at Peace Church? Yeah, so if you're listening to this podcast or you know people who come to Peace, man, we would just encourage you to take our discovery class. Brad and I actually co-teach that. We have a lot of fun in there. We enjoy our time, and it's an easy way to get to learn more about our church, why we do what we do, what are our, what are our expectations for church members, and then even hear things like our beliefs and pathway. And It's an easy way to create those natural connections in the life groups because you may be like, I don't know where to go to a life group. I don't know what that looks like. And in that class, we'll plug you in through that. Um, and then I'd also just encourage, if you are just attending, look for a life group. Um, maybe somebody's invited you and you're a little hesitant to try it. Just jump in. I promise uh, it'll be something you'll enjoy. But um, we also have those listed on the website, so you can look at where they at in the neighborhoods, maybe close to you, and just mm-hmm. get connected that way. That way your Peace Church comes becomes less of a place I attend and more of a family to belong to when I have that group of people around me. Yeah, I think that's so important. So he mentioned a couple ways you can get uh, some more information about that. Our website, uh, peacechurchwilson.com, or also our Connect Center mm-hmm. uh, in the E6 Cafe. You can go by there and um, and just click on the, uh, the link there for life groups. So what is the purpose of our discipleship groups? We call them D groups. Uh, what's the purpose of those, and how do they help us to multiply disciples? Yeah, so this is new. Um, in fact, August of 2018 was the first D group that we launched kind of in-house, and we're still learning and growing in that. So essentially, the purpose of a D group is to grow people by putting them in environments where there's deep trust, uh, vulnerable trust, mutual accountability centered all on God's Word. So real quick, like what we do, we come together, meet, meet weekly, um, gender-specific, so no more than about three to five in a group. And we get on the same Bible reading plan, do hear journals, uh, we do scripture memory, deep accountability questions like gut check accountability questions, and we pray together and a few other things. And the whole purpose of that is if you're in a life group, you're, you're going to come together co-ed and, and share some things about how to study the scripture. Right. But there may be some things that you're struggling with or just even the daily habit of getting in God's word and soaking it in that you're not accountable to. And that's really where the D group goes to the next level. And, you know, like our group right now, we're reading through the same reading plan the church is doing. So in a year from now, we will have read through the survey of the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. And we're holding each other accountable. You know, it's not just assuming it's happening. We're actually asking, are you reading? What's God teaching you? And things like that. And so the reason they're easy to multiply 
it sounds like that'd be a lot or it's intimidating. But believe it or not, it's such a simple process that after you do it for a while, you can totally realize as you grow, I can do this with somebody else. It's really not me teaching. It's just me facilitating what they're already doing throughout the week and then asking questions. And it's been cool to see how we've seen people multiply that would be really intimidated to stand up and talk in front of a crowd or teach people. Then that just may not be their gift. But man, they can lead discipleship group. They can invest in people and fulfill the Great Commission in a simple and reproducible way that's effective as well. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you've been attending Peace Church, like this is not the first time you've heard us talk about get involved in a discipleship relationship. I mean, in our mission statement is that phrase, Christ-centered relationships. Like we talk about it all the time. We talk about discipleship all the time. We talk about D groups, life groups, one-on-one, whatever the, the context is of how we're producing uh, disciples. So people know about it, they hear it. So what do you feel like that you've heard from from your job? Like what are the major obstacles uh, that hinder people from engaging in these Christ-centered relationships, um, whether that's a one-on-one, a D group, or a life group? Like what have you seen are like some of those major obstacles? Because it's a simple process. Mm-hmm. Um, even like our students are doing it. Right. Um, so what is it that hinders a lot of people? Yeah, so I wrote down, like, thinking through this yeah. ahead of time, like three really key things, and I've experienced all of them. So like as I say this, know that we're with you, like we understand the struggle. Um, probably the first one would just be fear. And I think a lot of people know they need to make disciples. They hear us talk about it, and they maybe feel guilty. And man, like our heart in that is we just want to bring it to attention. We don't want you to feel like a terrible Christian or something. We're just trying to wake people up to what— God has called them. And so if you're fearful, uh, we talked about this actually in my D group this morning we met. And one of the things we talked through was that it's such a challenge to know how to invest in other people because most of us didn't have that done to us. You know, we were told go to church, show up, hear the sermon, but nobody really invested deeply. And so, man, fear is a big one. And that just looks like how you deal with that. Just you almost have to go through the process. Like you may be a mature believer, but you're just kind of scared to take that next step of leadership. Man, join a life group, join a D group, see how it works and watch God work through you to say, man, I can do this with the power of his spirit and encouragement. Um, The other two simple ones are more um, personal and like inward. And so uh, they are comfort and inconvenience. Mm -hmm. So the truth is like when we say to our church or we say to people, man, you got to do life with people, invest, build the relationship with that coworker that doesn't know Christ, get in a D group and be accountable, be in a life group and share your life. That's uncomfortable. Right, like I mean, I grew up kind of under the idea that I go to church, I put on the face, nobody has to know my struggles. Right. And the truth is, like, that's not discipleship. That's part of the piece. Like, you need good teaching and things, but man, I need to be held accountable. I need people knowing who I really am and expressing that. And so, um, the uncomfortability of having to share and talk through, because in life groups we're not teaching, you're facilitating discussion, and so. My encouragement to you and challenge, honestly, as it was to myself, is I realized I could not grow as a follower of Christ until I opened up my life, failures, mess and all, and let other people speak into that and let the scripture speak in. And once you do that, there's such a freedom. Because here's the thing, right? Like if you're afraid of that, you you think, man, my life's messed up. I don't want to share it. I promise you everyone in that living room in your life group or in your D group has been through similar things or we are all imperfect. And the church will be so much better off when we realize this is a safe space to not be okay. Because as the people of God who's received his grace, we of all people know that we're all sinners, right? 
So for us to kind of break that ice, we've got to open that up and be uncomfortable with it. And then lastly, just that inconvenience part. Um, man, it is inconvenient to have people in your home every week. Like my, my wife and I actually joke, the best thing about life group is it keeps us accountable to clean our home every week. <laughs> so, but really, right? Like you, you got a busy week, you got a full schedule, yeah. man, do I want people coming over to my house, sharing and then getting in my business a little bit or just sharing my life. But guys, it's so worth it. Like to see how I've grown, how my wife has grown, how we've challenged each other. It's so worth the inconvenience. And the truth of the matter is when Jesus calls us to follow, that's not a call to convenience. It's a call to die to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so our culture that wants it to be all about us and individuals has to die to itself to say, how do I grow with people and help others pursue Christ as well? So those are the three big challenges. And again, if you're in one of those boats, I understand. I hear where you're coming from. I would just ask you to pray and say, God, how do I have the courage to overcome this, to step in and get involved and watch how God will grow you through that? Yeah, absolutely, man. So what is um, a life change story that you can share of someone in our discipleship pathway? Yeah, so there's a guy, I was actually thinking about this recently. He joined the church probably three or four years ago with his wife. Solid guy, um, but just a normal everyday guy. You know, it wasn't like super educated or anything like that. He's just a normal, hardworking dude. And he joins the church he gets eventually invited to a life group, and he gets plugged in, and man, he just starts growing. He, for the first time, kind of opens up about things that's happened in his life. As a result, the life group leader starts to see potential in him. He's like, man, can you lead a few meetings or whatever? So the dude is like freaking out. You know, He's scared, and he steps up to the plate, and he starts to get challenged by God, like, maybe I can actually do this. Then, in addition to that, the life group leader also pulled him aside into a D group, and then really got into God's Word, was listening to God. And so you see him just moving through the pathway. Yeah. And now this semester, he's actually leading his own life group. And we have coaches that contact our life group leaders weekly, and so I'm actually his coach. And uh, when I call him every week, he's pumped. Yeah. And he actually made the comment to me before he knew I was the pastor of our life groups, and he made this statement. He said, Peace Church is by far the biggest church I've ever gone to. Like, I've never gone to church even close to this size. But then he said... I have never felt more connected and grown more spiritually in a wow. church before. And I thought, man, that's so cool. Move through the pathway, is in discipleship, now is leading, and he's just an ordinary guy God's using and using him in mighty ways. So it's been really cool to see. Yeah, that's really encouraging to hear because sometimes we'll see people, they'll come in and they'll be hesitant about attending peace because it is a larger church and they're mm -hmm. going, man, I'm just not going to feel connected. There's just too many people. There's no way I connect. And then here's somebody saying, by far the largest church I've ever been in, but I've never felt so connected. Yeah. So, man, trust us, man. This discipleship pathway, it works. Um, so, man, get get plugged in somewhere. And by the way, he said that, like I said, without knowing I was over the life groups and discipleship. Yeah. So then later, after he found it, he's like, dude, I wasn't just trying to like kiss up to you. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> I yeah, was like, sure, sure. For sure. <laughs> All right, man. So, Aaron, as we wrap up this portion of the podcast, how can we as a church— uh, those listening, how can they be praying for you, maybe personally and then also ministry-wise? Yeah, so for ministry, man, just pray that we keep seeing fruit from these disciple uh, relationships out of life groups and D groups because the story I just shared, there's a few more like that, and man, we just want to see more. We want to see average people or people who in their minds are average realize that through the Holy Spirit they can be supernaturally empowered and just leverage their lives for the gospel. So just pray for fruit in that, um, in us for wisdom and how we do that. But personally, 
Um, man, so if you are familiar with uh, me and my wife and our story, for the last three years, and I talked to her last night about this, um, the last three years we've been struggling through infertility and just kind of have even gone to a specialist and things. And so that's been a really long, hard journey. Mm-hmm. I know we've shared, obviously, about that. Yeah. And, uh, man, I, we just covered your prayers. Like, I asked her, do you mind if I mention this on the podcast? And she's like, why wouldn't we want all the people we can praying for us? Yeah. So, and, and, again, pray for God's will. If that is for us to have children of our own, that's great. If God wants to open another door, just pray that we are w- listening to what God wants. Um, and just for strength as we walk through that journey, for sure. And part of being in uh, discipling relationships is being honest. And so this is our honest struggle and we covet your prayers in this journey for sure. Absolutely. There's many people that are praying for you, and we I know everybody listening will commit to praying for you as well. All right, so we're going to change the gears a little bit here, and uh, just a chance for us to get to know you a little <laughs> bit on a personal level. I like this part of the podcast because you have no clue what's coming, <laughs> and so we get like the, the raw answer, so I love it. Um, so, Aaron, did you have a nickname growing up, and if so, what was it? Yes, so my nickname was AP. Uh, literally in my Dude, high school. That is so creative. I know. Who'd have thought it, right? Yeah. If I go back home, I'm still AP yeah. to all of my friends. Just had my 10-year high school reunion last year. That's that's how I'm known as AP. I got you. Um, what is something non-biblical that you just nerd out about? <laughs> so a few things, because I'm a nerd at heart. Uh, yeah. I definitely nerd out about like all the Marvel-type movies. I go to all of them on premiere night, like total nerd out. And I have gotten into in recent years like nerdy board games. I'm not talking about like Monopoly. Like if, if yeah. that's what your idea of a nerd board game, trust me, it's not comparing yeah. like super nerds. So what what is the top board game you're nerding out about right now? Oh, definitely Clank. If you've never played it, most of you probably never heard of it. I promise it's awesome. My wife will testify. Okay. I'm nerding out. It's awesome. You got to try it. All right. Uh, what's the last song you downloaded? Oh, that's tough. Um, Honestly, I think the last song I downloaded, I actually downloaded an album. It mm. was uh, Jesus is King uh, by Kanye West, I think was the last thing. I got you. You got to get some new music, because that was a long time ago. When you downloaded that. <laughs> I'm not musically inclined. I, I, you know, Every six months, I get some new music. So I got you. What was your favorite TV show growing up? Oh, man, growing up. Um, <laughs> so I'm a nerd. I got to think back. I loved the, like as a kid, I loved the cartoon version of Spider-Man. Okay. I watched it all the time on Saturdays. Uh, I was that kid for a while. Like that yeah. was I was obsessed. Like the '90s Spider-Man. Okay. That was that was awesome. Chronicles of Narnia or Lord of the Rings? I would say Lord of the Rings, but I've actually read all of Chronicles of Narnia. I've not read all Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's close. The Lord of the Rings. I was confused because you're a huge C.S. Lewis buff. So. Yeah. Major nerd wow. out on C.S. Yeah. Lewis for sure. Here's another one, dude. Why do you hate LeBron James so much? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you hate LeBron James. You and Skip Bayless. You're like the, the pastor version of Skip Bayless. Why do you hate LeBron so much? <laughs> so let me clarify for all you LeBron fans. I don't hate him. Oh, no, I, you hate him. What I don't like is the hype about him being the greatest of all time. I am totally cool if you want to make the argument he's the second best ever. But nobody comes close to Jordan. Just career statistics, all these different things. So I don't oppose LeBron. I just... Really like when he doesn't win because then it just validates that Jordan's better, and that's just the selfish Jordan fan oh, of me part of me. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, with a British accent, tell me what you had for breakfast this morning. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it's going to turn Australian or something. I was about to say mate. Like that's the... <laughs> yeah. I had two pieces of power seed bread and some crackers and peanut butter with a bottle of water. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I don't know, is it... <laughs> I don't know how that's going to sound. That's, I'm afraid it's going to we'll, be terrible. We'll, we'll find it. You guys comment under that one and, and give us a rating of how good of a British accent that was, please. Um, all right. What is the most boring thing that you have to endure? Because you don't like to sit still for anything. So, like, what is the most boring thing for you to endure? Okay. So, I'm actually, I've disciplined myself to become a reader. I still get bored reading. I'll just be honest. I do it because I know it's better for me. But I'm the person, and I don't know if you, those of you listening are like this, if I sit still to read, no matter how energetic I am, I get sleepy. So my wife can actually testify. I've actually walked around and read books walking in place because I get tired. So it's boring to me at times. Um, I've learned to love it over time. But definitely, yeah, having to sit still, that's something that just, yeah, I have to endure. Yeah. All right, last question is this. Other than Rusty, who was your favorite <laughs> pastor to listen to and why? Good. I like that. You know, yeah, I would have yeah, definitely yeah. said Rusty. Oh, for um, sure. I mean, yeah, you just throw that out. Obviously, it's Rusty. So other favorite, than Rusty, yeah. I got a tie. So I know this. I'm breaking the rules. My top two favorite people to listen to, Matt Chandler yeah. and J.D. Greer. Uh, really? Love Not listening Francis to Francis Chan. I thought you were giving me some chance. He's number right. three. Okay. He's number three. They're definitely my favorite, too. If you haven't listened to him, you got to check him out. For sure. So why, why, Chan, uh, why Chandler and why Greer? Um, man, Matt Chandler just has such a way of unique Moving way of, his hands. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's that big hammer. You think I move my hands? Like, you're watching this podcast. Yeah, he's got me beat. Uh, but he's just so, like, unique in how he delivers scriptures, faithful to the text. But he just has unique insights, and he don't play when he's preaching. Like, he mm-hmm. tells it how it is, straightforward. I love that, like, authenticity about him. And then J.D. Greer, probably the thing I love the most, he's so gospel-centered. So when he preaches, it's never from do this, do this, be better. It's always God has given you grace. Now walk in this newness of life. Mm-hmm. And that's been hugely impactful for me because my struggle for so long was thinking I had yeah. to earn God's favor. And so hearing him preach just kind of as water to your soul. Um, still challenging, but mm-hmm. just that gospel centeredness I love about JD. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So uh, Aaron, dude, thanks a lot for being part of the Life Change podcast. Again, uh, please click subscribe. We'd love for you to even leave us a rating and a review at Apple Podcast. Uh, But thanks a lot. Um, Speaking of J.D. Greer, in two weeks we'll be sitting down with Jason McDaniel. He is just coming through the Summit Church Planner Residency. Uh, He's going to be planning Trinity Life Church in Durham, North Carolina. They're going to be launching uh, on Easter. And so we're going to be sitting down with Jason McDaniel. So in two weeks, please make sure uh, you listen to that episode with Jason McDaniel. Aaron. Thanks a lot, man. Have a great one. I survived the rapid-fire questions. You did. Well (laughs) done. I don't know if your British accent was all that great, but you guys, again, tell tell us what you thought about his uh, British accent there for us. It's got to be better than Doug's uh, accent. Oh, for sure. Doug's Australian accent was (laughs) was pathetic. Love you, Doug. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) See y'all. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. We hope that you were challenged and encouraged as you listen today. Until next time, Peace Church, you are sent. Let's go make disciples.